Welcome to a podcast brought to you by the American Academy of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists. Our academy is a national organization committed to excellence in orthopedic manual physical therapy practice, education, and research. And we're here to explore a wide range of topics with you through interviews with content experts. Hello, my name is Stephen Schaefer, and today I'm honored to bring to you one of the Physical Therapy Innovations, or PTI, talks from our 2019 AMP conference, which took place in Orlando, Florida last October. We hope you have enjoyed the series of conversations that we've brought to you from that event, and that we'll see you later this year in Cleveland, Ohio, for the 2020 conference. Please check out our website, which you can find a link to in the show notes, for more details about all of AMP's upcoming events. Before getting started, I want to point out that the PTI talks that are given at the annual conference cover brief but enlightening topics on the speaker's role in innovation, research, education, lessons learned, and or their overall journeys within the profession. It's a very open and often entertaining format that each presenter uses in different ways. At the 2019 conference, there were spectacular talks given by Allison Grimaldi, Mark Bishop, Lori Mishner, and Joshua Cleland. While each of their talks was great, Today we're going to bring to you a presentation given by Dr. Joshua Cleland, who you may recall from episode 20 on the podcast when he was interviewed alongside Dr. Fernandez de las Peñas. We chose this particular PTI to present here because it fits the podcast format reasonably well, though you will miss out on seeing the definitely entertaining pictures that Dr. Cleland showed during his talk. Before moving on to that content, I would like to point out a few things. First, if you enjoy the AMP podcast, please go to the platform where you find us and give us a positive rating. That'll help other people find our show. Second, this will be our last conference episode until the 2020 conference comes around. That means in two weeks we will return to interviewing authors of recently published peer-reviewed scientific papers. Third, in the event that you haven't already noticed, our show notes are filled with links that you can use to reach out to our guests, your hosts, and our academy. Please feel free to use those resources to your advantage. Now, without any further delay, we're honored to have on the show today Dr. Joshua Cleland, among many other things, he is a prolific researcher and a physical therapy faculty member at both the Tufts University School of Medicine in Boston, Massachusetts, and the Manual Therapy Fellowship Program at Regis University in Denver, Colorado. Let's hear what he had to say during a 2019 PTI talk at our annual conference. Okay, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, I first spoke with Megan and she asked me to do this talk. I said, what is this talk about? She said, whatever you want it to be about. And so for that reason, I decided to title my talk tonight, Zero to 50 in Six Seconds Flat, all right? And so there's a reason for that, and we'll get into the reason here for in, a, in a, just a second, but um, zero to 50 in six seconds flat. I was born on Thanksgiving Day. Not only was I born on Thanksgiving Day, I was born on Thanksgiving Day, November 27th, 1969. So what that means is one month from tomorrow, I will be turning 50 years of age. And boy, did it go fast. So that's why I titled it Zero to 50 in Six Seconds Flat. So the purpose of this talk is really to tell my story. And so my story, meaning how did I get from here, day one, to over here, becoming a Catherine Worthingham Fellow of the APTA. Like, how'd that happen? Like, how did that happen to me? And not only do I want to talk about how that happened, but I want to talk about the huge impact 
that the academy here had on the direction of which my professional path um, took. So before I get started, what else is turning 50 this year? Tic Tacs, right on. Oh, and even better, Capri Sun. Brady Bunch, right? First person to walk on the moon. Ah, Woodstock. Was anybody here at Woodstock? Yeah? I was. Just three weeks from coming out of my mother's womb. And I'm pretty sure she was dropping acid while she was there. So for those of you who know me, you might tell you a little bit of something that's going on here. Scooby-Doo. And of course, my favorite, Ernie and Bert, right? So some other people are turning 50 this year, so I don't feel quite so bad. And so a little story, a little history. I was pretty much a normal kid. You know, I made it to the first year, uh, no problems. Had a family, mom and dad there, my little sister. My dad and my mom had me when they were 19, so they were young, I was a mistake. And uh, best mistake they've ever made, I tell them. We did all kinds of cool family stuff, like go to Humpty Dumpty land and sit on the wall and, with Humpty Dumpty and things of that nature. But after this time, it was time for a, to experience some of the things that most of us experience, or many of us, too many of us, divorce, right? So my parents got divorced. And when my parents got divorced, my dad also lost his job, and he was, worked as a maintenance man. So coincidentally, he had to find a job, right? So he could support me. And so he got a job at Tufts University. He worked at the Medford campus in the maintenance department. He was the low guy, right, in the department. So it, the low guy was on call 24-7. So we had to live across campus in a house, in an apartment, down on the campus in Medford at Tufts University, which I think is pretty cool. And as I make my transition, you can see back here the graffiti is showing you that uh, it says Tufts is number one written on the wall. So I thought that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, see my shirt? Anybody else a Mr. Bill fan? Yeah, all right, we see some Mr. Bill fans. Oh, no. The divorce meant I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. And this is my grandpa. And he took us down here to Disney often, so I spent some time down here. And then when I started to grow up a little bit, my superhero moved from Mr. Bill over to um, Doug, Bob and Doug McKenzie from the Great White North. And so now it was high school time. And this is where things really start to happen. So here's my high school, Wilton Lineborough Cooperative High School, right? 200 people, grades 7 through 12, so not a big class size. We had a great time, though. We had a lot of fun. This is the woodshed out, woodshed out back, and it's behind that woodshed where I had my first kiss. <laughs> so every time I drive through Wilton, I have some fond memories. In high school, I played basketball, baseball, and soccer. I think being in sports really helped me stay out of trouble a bit, probably. And that's not because I wasn't doing things that I should have gotten in trouble before, simply that I was in pretty good shape and I could run like the wind. So that was uh, helpful to be involved in sports. My senior year, I was also um, assigned to be chief thief in Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. So that's me right here. So I have a little bit of an acting and athletic career behind me. 
High school senior picture. 1987. Yeah, everybody notices the mullet. But <laughs> this is the year where mullets kind of went out of style, right? And so before I graduated, I actually cut my mullet. So here's my, my graduation picture. You can see I tidied up a little bit there. That's my dad and uh, his, his girlfriend of about 35 years. And this is my high school graduation picture. All right, so now I'm a 17-year-old high school graduate. Really don't have much of a clue what I want to do in life. I'm pretty good at math, so my guidance counselor suggests, why don't you go to school to be an engineer? All right, I wasn't the best student. Straight B minuses don't get you into the best engineering school in the world. And so I applied to like 20 schools, and I got into one. Spring Garden College in Pennsylvania. How many people have heard of Spring Garden College? Okay. Oh, Lori, because she grew up in Pennsylvania. Wow, so that tells you something right there. So I went down, I moved down to Pennsylvania. I went to Spring Garden College. Uh, parties, uh, volleyballs, all sorts of distractions happening. Started my first term. By the end of my first term, I was dismissed from school for poor grades. So I actually, yeah, believe it or not, right? So I tell the story a lot, but I flunked out of college the first time I went. And it's interesting that the university thought that I wouldn't be a good engineer when really the reality is that I was the only one in the freshman engineering class that could figure out how many sheets you needed to tie together to haul a keg up to the fifth story dorm window. <laughs> and I'm the one that gets the boot. How fi go figure. So that didn't work out so well. So my next move is I went home. I had no skills. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Okay, and so. I found a job working for a real estate company, Procter & Green. And what this job entailed was that I would go into the apartments. After somebody moved out, I would clean them, I would paint them, I would pick up all the trash, and I would do whatever needed to be done. So that's what I did for a few years. Um, also took me to fixing many toilets. I fixed many, many leaking toilets, which was part of my job. And then things got a little bit better. And so they bought these condos, like 60 condo units and they gave me the job of painting the interior of all these units, like by myself. So I had inside work in the winter and it was warm. Jackpot, right? So for two years, I actually lived in these apartments, as I, uh, condos as I painted them. I'd paint them and I'd stay overnight and I'd get up and paint again. So it was a pretty cool gig back at that time. But that job was done. And then I was working outside in the winter and it was cold and it was brutally cold. So I'm like, oh man, I don't want to do this anymore. And so this happened. I was lucky enough to have a girlfriend who tore her ACL. <laughs> or let me rephrase that. I was lucky enough to have a girlfriend and a girlfriend that tore her ACL. <laughs> and my dad would probably get a chuckle out of that too because around this time my dad would always say, Josh, you're never going to have a girlfriend unless she's blind and has no arms. So that way she can't even feel what you look like. So I had a lot of parental support growing up, as you can see. Mom was doing acid, and Dad was making comments like that. So she tore ACL. She needed a ride to physical therapy. I'd give her a ride to physical therapy. I'm kind of like, ooh, this is pretty cool. I want to go to physical therapy school. That's what I want to do. Boom, I'm going to PT school, all right? But guess what? 
Even 25 years ago, PT schools did not look fondly upon college students who had previously failed out, right? That doesn't look good. So I applied to 20 schools, didn't get into any one of them. All right, next best step, apply to PTA schools. Applied to a bunch of those. Didn't get in. The one in New Hampshire, I was on a wait list, which basically means if they can't find another warm body that they would take you if they needed to. Right? And I, I acknowledge that, but I was still going for it. Week two after the term started, they called me and said, someone dropped out. Do you want the seat? And I took it. And so I started in PTA school at River Valley Community College. Right? And that's where I got my first start. And I tried to find some pictures from when I was there. Um, I had a great time there, straight A's. I knew I had found the path I wanted to be on. Meaning enhances memory, so everything was, just kind of came natural to me. And the two pictures I could find were both from Halloween. And you're probably going to like this one even better. <laughs> Those are the only two pictures I could find. After that, I got my bachelor's degree, and I got accepted to Notre Dame College, a little small college in Manchester, New Hampshire. And now, OK, now I'm in PT school. But something really special happened there. Not only was I in PT school, but I met, or the director was Jane Walter Vensky, who Carol Joe actually spoke about uh, the night of the opening ceremonies. And I'll talk a little bit more about her as we proceed through. But she was the director, and she was a really important connection to me. And so during my time there, she's like, hey, Josh, do you want to go to this clinic in Germany and do a rotation, a clinical rotation? I want you to scope it out to see if it's any good and if we should send other students there. I said, oh, OK. It turns out this connection was actually made through her time when she was the liaison for the APTA and AOMP back in 1992. And that's where this connection came from. And I didn't figure it out two years later. But I said, sure. So school paid, and here's where I worked. Looks like most of our clinics in the States here, right? <laughs> and this was my office right there. And so I worked there for three months treating patients. Right? And then I studied, and I studied like crazy, and I studied some more. Choose physiotherapy, right? Satisfaction is guaranteed. And you're in Germany, so you study some more. But things <laughs> progress pretty well. All right, so now I'm graduating PT school. Mission accomplished? Well, yeah, I graduated. But for me, something inside was not fulfilled yet. I needed more. And so what was that more going to be? Well, I loved my time in Germany. And my time in Germany was spent 95% of it manual therapy and exercise. All right, so maybe this is something I want to pursue. So back to, to the organization, and my director at the time, Jane Walter Vensky, who started saying, hey, you should think about getting into manual therapy and expert, you're becoming more of an expert in manual therapy techniques. And this is actually her from, I think this was 91 or 92, from a meeting they had. And I said, huh, that's interesting. That might be something I'd like to do. Coincidentally, at the exact same time, I'm doing my transition doctorate at Creighton University, and I run into this gentleman, cross paths, Gail Dial. All right, so now I have Gail Dial in my life talking to me about manual therapy and fellowship training and all this stuff, and I've got Jane saying the same thing, two mentors that I look up to, and I'm thinking this is my passion. And so now I'm really thinking I'm heading down the route of manual therapy and become involved with AOPT. All right, so I get involved with some of these cast of characters at AOMP, and the first one I really meet, besides the ones I mentioned, is Julie Whitman. And everybody knows Julie Whitman's like the nicest person in the world. So I meet her, and she's like, hey, let me introduce you to all my friends. Yeah, right on. First one, Dick. Dick Earhart. 
Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to spend with him. He was a wonderful man, but we would talk. We would talk science, we'd talk clinical practice, we'd talk neck pain, thoracic pain. So I really enjoyed the limited exposure that I had to Dick, and I'll thank Julie for setting us up with that link. Oh, the second person she linked me with, Julie Fritz, who was the one that really started to talk to me and get me into PhD training. So now I've got folks saying, we should do some fellowship training, and I've got someone else saying, you should do some PhD training. So then I meet John Childs, who pretty much just told me what to do, and that's all his role was. <laughs> so John, I banged on his door, and I'm like, John, I know he's doing some good research. I want in, I want in. And I had to bang on his door like 25 times, and he'll tell you the story. And finally, he opens the door a little bit, and I stick my foot in. And he lets me collect data on a study. And I collect data on a study. The next study, I'm a co-investigator. The next study, I'm going to lead on it. So this is really where my clinical um, trial background really started, between Julie and John. And then finally, I met Tim. And Tim really was the one that showed me how to have a good time at these conferences. <laughs> in addition to that, he started the fellowship at Regis. So he asked me to come to be one of the first students through the fellowship at Regis. So I said yes. I said yes to Julie Fritz. So they enrolled in both the PhD and the fellowship simultaneously. Coincidentally as well, another contact that we know here was Steve McDavid, who I did all of my fellowship hours with. He was probably two hours from my home. I would drive up to Portland, Maine. I'd spend four or five days with him. He'd mentor me. He'd tutor me. And then I'd come back. And we got through the hours that way. So I thank Steve for that as well. And uh, they also let me play in the manipulation contest game. Right, you guys around for that? Take these interesting manipulation photos. So we did some of that and had some fun in AOMP as we do today. I met some great friends. Paul Minkin, like my brother from another mother. Interestingly, previously I mentioned in 87, right, the mullet style went out of fashion. When I met Paul in 2005, he still had one. No joke. I met folks like Chad Cook, who challenged me to be better, who became a good friend, who stayed up late and had philosophical discussions, if you will. I met Jason Rodigero. We developed a nice relationship. You know, there are many friends in this organization that I've been lucky to be involved with, and this is not an all-inclusive list by any means. I met Louis. Here we are, hiding behind some magical mushrooms in Euro Disney. <laughs> I met some international friends that are big into manual therapy and research as well. Cesar Fernandez de las Peñas being one of them. Oh, coincidentally, the, my first publication ever in the Journal of Manual Manipulative Therapy, okay? This is our journal, right? Great journal. This is the first one I've ever published. Effects of slump long sitting on peripheral pseudomotor and vasomotor function, a pilot study. All right. So I presented that here at this conference. And after I presented it here at this conference, Julie Fritz came up to me and said, don't do any more. That stuff doesn't even matter. And I'm like, huh. And I respected her. And so I listened to her. And so now when I reflect back on that, I looked it up today, and this paper has been referenced 17 times, once per year for 17 years. I'd follow Fritz around a little bit. She taught me what's important. So some of my earlier work was subpar at best. This is an interesting story. So when I was applying to PT school, I applied to go to the University of Florida. They said, no way are you getting in. 
I wish I had kept that acceptance letter. 2008, they invited me back to be their distinguished keynote speaker to all of their health science programs. Right on? So the first thing I opened up with was, you know, too bad you guys didn't take me when I applied to this school, but now I'm good enough to come back and be a speaker. <laughs> Go figure. And so that was super cool for me, right? So here I am, down in Florida, hanging out with these guys. Not only am I hanging out with these guys in the academic environment, but then we're sitting out by the lake eating sushi after we talk academics all day. All right? So this is how really my, my process evolved over the years. My background, my expertise in manual therapy and research um, has really led me to travel the world and teach manual therapy at conferences all over the place. I was able to teach you know, here in Nepal, Singapore with Dan and Bob and Ben Hando. Teach with Louis everywhere. There's Spain, Taipei, France, New Zealand. Uh, this one here is Italy, Sweden, Netherlands. You know, there's Scotland, a bunch of us. Carol snuck into this picture here too, so it's good to see Carol there. And really, um, again, Mexico, eating tacos, right? So, the expertise that I've gained through the fellowship and through being guided through some of these mentors in this uh, academy really helped to guide where I have become today. So in closing, I'd like to say that I owe a great uh, debt of gratitude to the academy, to the founders, to all of those that have been on the executive committee since day one, and really to all of the members and to you guys to coming out here and supporting me as I deliver these, these lectures and these talks. So I want to say, Thank you very much, and have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. This has been a production of the American Academy of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists. You can learn more about the Academy by visiting our website at aaompt.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for our acronym, AAOMPT. 